call the meeting to order and take attendance. Clausius. Roach Conway. Present. Um, Not here. Bedar. <laughs> okay. Um, the way we've been proceeding of late is we've been adapting, as it says here in the agenda, a consent agenda. We will once again review the 13 items on the agenda. Members of the board will ask for those that they wish separation and then we will act on the rest as a package in terms of their recommendations. Mr. Mayor, yes. do we have any speakers already on items? And do we yeah, we do have, just, re just for available to answer questions uh -huh. on six and 10. So uh, they're all uh, in support of the recommendation. So if the committee, the board has no questions on six and 10, those folks would just assume leave it as part of the consent, but that's up to you. Um, so, well, I think we have at least three items that I've been told need. Council Member Clausius? Yeah. Um, item number nine, could the city attorney give an yeah. opinion how yeah, we should well, address take, that we'll with no we'll sponsors? Take, we'll take names separately. Okay. Okay, what other items? Uh, 10 and 11. 10 and 11. Yes? voting no on four. Okay. We have separation then for 9, 10, and 11. Any other items? Going once, going twice. I note that we have a sub for yes, we'll, number three. We'll be moving the substitute on item three. In that case, on the balance of the report, which is items <laughs> one through 13, with the exception of 9, 10, and 11, with a notation that three is the substitute. Further discussion, saying mm -hmm. none. We need oh, a motion. Yes, Can I make a motion? Should I make a motion? Oh yeah, we'll need a motion. <laughs> yeah, recommendation seven days they be placed on file. Correct. Uh, Council President Pedro? Uh, make a motion for approval of items one through 13 with the exception of nine, 10, and 11. Um, moving the sub for item number three, recording all the roads Conway as a no for item number four and seven and eight will be placed on file. Second. Motion is second. Discussion? Seeing none, all those in favor, aye. 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 Opposed, no. Motion carries. That takes us to uh, item number nine. I'll make a motion to place on file without prejudice. Motion second. to place on file without prejudice. There is a second. The city attorney's been asked for an opinion. Mr. May, would you care to share your opinion with us? Um. <laughs> what happens with a uh, resolution that has no sponsors? no sponsors? Yeah, I think uh, uh, in terms of some of the substantive issues, I sent out a, a written memorandum earlier today, which is sort of moot if all the sponsors have been removed. And our, uh, the usual response when uh, there are no sponsors for a resolution or an ordinance is uh, a certain time is given to see if anybody else wants to sponsor it. If not, it'll be placed on file. The recommendation today is to place on file without prejudice. That gives us a little over a week. It'll come to the council floor next week with that recommendation, unless a member of the council decides that they wish to sponsor it, uh, in which case the proper motion next week would be to refer back to this body, because then you'd have a sponsor for it to go forward. So that's where we stand. Further discussion on the motion to place on file without prejudice? Seeing none on the question, all those in favor, aye. 
Aye. Opposed, no. Motion carries. Mm -hmm. Item 10, is there a motion? Second. Motion is second. Uh, would you like uh, any presentation or do you have specific questions? Well, I, it was really more of a, this is a very, this is going to be a very important issue coming forward and I'd just like to. You could have a presentation. Yeah. George? Yeah, it's a general sort of give us get us up to speed. Where, where, where do we go? What, what are we going out for, and what, what okay. do we expect? Thank you, Mayor. The um, Judge Doyle Square Committee, uh, which was uh, created when I was last here in July of last year, Board of Estimates Council on the 17th of July, has begun meeting and received from the staff team a draft request for qualifications to solicit development teams to hopefully be in a position to develop with the city Judge Doyle Square, which is blocks 88 and 105, just south of the Capitol Square on the block in which we sit, and the uh, uh, Government East parking ramp site across Pinckney Street. Uh, the draft RFQ is, um, was uh, authorized in terms of its preparation in the resolution uh, adopted by the Council on the 17th of July, and it's made its way through the committee, uh, chaired by Adam Plotkin, who is here tonight, and staffed by a, a wide array of city staff and uh, an interdisciplinary team uh, that has brought forth um, the RFQ. Uh, the proposed process is twofold. What's before you tonight is to, is to authorize the, approve the RFQ document, which hopefully you've had a chance to review, which would then put in motion a, its release by the end of February with development teams forming and submitting their proposals to the city by, the, by April 30th of this year, at which time the Judge Dell Committee would review those uh, uh, RFQs and bring back to you a recommendation of how to proceed into the second stage called the request for proposal stage. The idea being focus on the formation of highly qualified teams that have the capability of undertaking a, a mixed use urban scale project such as this with the complexity that we know will be in place given the uh, dynamics of an urban site like this to have the financial wherewithal to uh, make that project happen and a project concept that meets with the, the city's vision because we have a strong public purpose and a desire to have a strong value added project in our downtown and for our community to add to the tax base, additional jobs and support Monona Terrace. George, let me ask you two different questions about yes. where we might find ourselves after we have received um, the proposals. First, is it possible regardless of how many qualified uh, 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 submissions we get, that we may end up finding one proposal that's, shall we say, more outstanding than others, both in terms of the qualifications of the team as well as the contents. Would we then go into a uh, situation where we would focus on negotiating with them or would we still could we do that and not end up with say <clears throat> doing three or four different reviews and and the traditional ranking my second question is what happens if we get a proposal a which has some very interesting components to it that is not perhaps in proposals B, C, and D, 
will the qualifiers B, C, and D be allowed to come forth and say, oh, if you, we knew you wanted that, we would have included it, and since you do want it, we'd like uh, to make some changes or negotiate that concept with you, <coughs> even though it wasn't part of our original qualification. Uh, regarding the, uh, the first question, um, the RFQ has been prepared to be very flexible in the sense that we are, we're not trying to be burdensome on the front end of this process. We want teams to form. We want them excited about this development opportunity and in our center of our community. Um, it's written so that there is, a, there is a, uh, um, a first stage and a second stage to go from the broad concept, broad idea, broad pr financial parameters into the specifics. And to do that in a way that if we receive nine proposals, say, you probably aren't going to run with nine different proposals in that second stage. <laughs> you would obviously have some that are going to be higher in quality based on our evaluation than others. So it, pr it, it provides for a shortlisting, but the shortlisting doesn't come to a number. So in the mayor's scenario, to the extent there's, the committee feels there's one that stands out very high and they feel that that is of such significance that we should proceed with only a single proposal in, a, in the second stage as far as development, they can come forward to the council and request that you concur in that uh, analysis and that recommendation. So that's possible. Uh, the city has um, <clears throat> the ability to accept or reject any or all proposals. Um, I suspect there will be concepts that come forward that we heretofore haven't thought about in terms of, gosh, that was a great idea. We didn't think we could put those two things together kind of thing. Um, and in the second stage, <clears throat> we may wish to take advantage of that, but the proposal process does not intend to marry one party within a development team with another party. So there'll be whole teams coming forward. That's not to say that the, pro that the proposal stage will be limited to just what you've seen in the RFQ tonight. And in fact, if you see the resolution number two is that the, uh, you're uh, asking the Judge Doyle Square Committee to recommend to the council the proposal requirements for the RFQ stage or the second stage as part of its report to you uh, by the end of June of this year. Further questions? Alderwoman. Rose Conway. Thank you. Um, to what extent do you expect folks responding to this to look at the work that's already been done and the conversations that have already been have had? <coughs> and I don't think you could necessarily get all of that information into a document of this length, obviously. That's um, but you know, there's some. I don't know. I guess some key concepts. Um, I, I did read a lot about the kind of emphasizing the pedestrian, um, but that seems like something that there's, there has been more detail on in some previous planning work. Um, it, uh, similarly, you know, we've had a conversation more recently about placemaking techniques, mm -hmm. and that seems like something that we ought to be emphasizing in all of our planning work going forward. Um, so I, I wonder, do you, are you expecting people to go looking into the history of this? Are you specifically, I just skimmed it. I didn't see you specifically asking them to <clears throat> somewhere, but maybe you could. Um, 
your point's well taken, and we expect any team that's worth their salt is going to do a lot of due diligence. That just goes with the process. So it's a, a test for them to see if they bother. Well, it's a <laughs> test for them, but we also, on page 17 of the RFQ, for instance, we're creating a project website that's not only important for our public members of the community, but it's also important to potential RFQ, RFQ responders. Mm -hmm. And on that website will be our downtown plan, the previous planning studies, the staff mm -hmm. report that you accepted last July, uh, and it'll probably be added to. We're also, while not mandatory, encouraging the participation in a pre-submittal information meeting on March 13th at one o'clock, and we're investigating whether we can do that well, with a web hookup also, mm -hmm. so if someone was, for instance, farther away and couldn't get here, they could still participate. Mm -hmm. Where we, again, will reinforce the placemaking issues, the value proposition the city has for this project, <clears throat> and why it's so important to us, the importance of Monona Terrace's success, et cetera. Um, so I think we have <clears throat> embedded within the RFQ process the very things you hope we would have. Okay. It just seems like, I mean, we've already spent an awful lot of money on this, and we're going to spend an awful lot more. Um, and we really need to get uh, numerous benefits Absolutely out correct. of there. Okay. Further questions? If not, George, thank you very much. Thank you. Adam, team, city staff, it's going to be a long journey, but it's going to be exciting. On the question of adoption, all those in favor, aye. Aye. Opposed, no. Motion carries. Um, Item 11, is there a motion? Move approval, second. Is there a second? There is discussion. So I just actually had a question, I mean, about the, the reason to do outside consultants, as opposed to, I mean, it's something we've been studying again, and I always try and develop our internal staff, so outside consultants. Sorry, I missed the question. You, you're, you're hiring additional outside consultants, so I guess my question is in-house, I guess increasingly this is interesting to me. So um, why, what's the capacity and why couldn't we do that in house? Let me take a stab at it and, and Matt can um, maybe elaborate on this. Um, this is actually a reduction in consulting relative to what we've done okay. historically. Uh, we used to spend, um, I think the number is about $200,000 a year on consulting in the Capital East District. One of those positions is in the process of being in source right now, there's an active search um, so why, picking why up one of those positions. These parts. So what's left yeah. is uh, the bulk of the hundred thousand that's that's here is uh, in marketing. So that's primarily resources that we don't have in house. So we have Hebein uh, doing various sorts of, of um, marketing activities for the Capital East District project, which we can elaborate on. Then there's a small chunk um, specifically for Vandewall, which is something of a reduction in their scope and some additional flexibility for unforeseen contingencies that we may need to hire for. So this is actually, for the most part, a continued reduction of consulting services. And which parts do we hire in for? O originally or in or this in contract? This so in this contract, um, well, maybe Matt has the scope with him. I'll let Matt address that. Sure. Um, as Aaron mentioned, uh, the first uh, contract is a $30,000 contract with the Hebing Group to do marketing work. So I'll be working on uh, the web page, e-newsletters, helping with some of the neighborhood meetings and other outreach, uh, business outreach within the neighborhood. Uh, then we have a $10,000 base contract with Vandewall Associates to assist with some of the uh, planning and positioning work that we're doing. 
than the balance 60,000 we are having or requesting to have available uh, to hire <coughs> some additional work from Heaving or Vanderbilt or another outside consultant to do one of a, a couple of other um, items. And they include uh, taking a, a look at uh, Bree Stevens Field, at uh, uh, what type of financial benefits we could see by some additional investment there, uh, doing some additional planning work for the 800 South Block, uh, possibly doing some additional tenant cultivation work. And then we have uh, several projects that could be coming uh, down the pipeline that we feel we could have some assistance from. Um, that includes work with Sector 67, the Mullins Group, uh, redevelopment on the Reynolds Block, the Motts Block, and the former Land O'Lakes property. So at this point, we don't know for sure if we're going to need some outside assistance. Um, but what this resolution would provide us is the flexibility to hire either from Hebing Vandewal or another firm um, some outside support if we felt it was necessary. Uh, and I did appreciate the memo. So just wanted to get it. I mean, obviously, the conversation for me is the more uh, skills we bring in-house, uh, the more consistent we can deliver that resource. And then secondly, uh, generally speaking, maybe less expensive. Should be a good time for me to plug the marketing position then. And, and I'd, I wanted to say two things in regards to that. I think your questions are very good. If this had been three, four years ago and we knew that it was going to be uh, this extensive, because keep in mind, three, four years ago we had the 800 block and we had Union Corners mm -hmm. on our radar. Now, if you look at the volume of real estate, it's more than doubled. Um, but if we'd known three, four years ago the extensiveness, if we'd known um, uh, the scope of it, I think serious consideration should have been to bring someone in-house. And then they get to the second point. We've generally made it a rule that if we look at it in a long-term period, um, that we would prefer to hire rather than use a consultant. But what do we do if it looks like it's a window of about five years? In other words, it's not a long enough period of time that we know it's a permanent position, but in terms of five years, that's a considerable amount of money. So we're gonna have to make some decisions like that as we get into future budgets. And the marketing position. I guess we'd be next next year's budget. This is a no. This is a strong. This is a strong case for the marketing position, as is uh, things we've seen in the last six or eight months, in terms of what other cities are doing, in regards to marketing themselves, the kinds of material that's out there. Um, it's something we need to work on. Because I mean, I'll. I'll I mean, I, I guess uh, we've, we've had a lot of conversations as alders about what our jobs are. And what you described uh, seemed to be what alders do, communication, meeting facility, fa facilitation. Um, and certainly, I think we all agree we don't get paid uh, $30,000 a year. So it's, it's hard for us, <laughs> you know, I think, or me specifically to, you know, to look at that. And I know that no alder can, no one alder can do that job. But, it's certainly one of those things that you know we're um, 
you know, I pay attention to. Let's let's go beyond that. Why don't we just discuss what we did last week, which is the uh, examination of the kinds of national conventions that take place, um, where our competitor cities have a presence. I don't know that we have to go to them all every year, but could you kind of review that? So we we took a um, look at some of the. Um, most nationally prominent um, conferences in basically two tracks, sort of the general areas where site selectors go. Uh, there was sort of a, there's a constellation of three or four conferences where you see a lot of uh, site selectors, companies that are looking for sites going, and uh, sometimes municipalities they're pitching to them. And then some targeted industry conferences as well. So where are the, the key uh, technology conferences where technology companies are gathering or biotech or some of the industry sectors where we probably have some some targeted recruitment opportunities uh, and Matt's shop put together a, a look at what what it would cost to to go to some of these various conferences in terms of marketing the the city I guess since I see I will already say that I would like to know the return on investment so how many municipalities actually did get um, any kind of deal based on going to that com to those conferences. I'm more interested in that return on investment part of it than attending a conference is good. So I want to know really was there a direct outcome to from conference to getting a deal? Um, so if you can think about that. I think that's a fair point. I, one of the things that is challenging about attraction as an economic development strategy, generally people regard economic development as being the, the, the bread and butter economic development, not, not the broad definition, but the narrow definition of maybe business development as being entrepreneurship, business startup, business retention, business expansion, and business recruitment. And the business recruitment piece um, can really be a resource sink if you're not very strategic about it because it can be expensive to, to go out and go to these things, and sometimes it does take a sustained effort and and if people are not prepared to do that for a somewhat uncertain return um, recruitment can be a challenge uh, that's a fair point but we'll we'll have we'll have this for you in in about five six months for next year's budget further discussion seeing none on the question which is adoption all those in favor aye aye, aye. opposed no motion carries mm. Move adjournment. Thanks. Is there a second? Okay. All those in favor, aye. 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 Opposed, no. Motion carries. Thank you all very much. Thank you.